0: Borderlands Buzz, a podcast brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sul Ross State University. The Borderlands Research Institute is conserving the last frontier through research, education, and outreach. Support for this podcast comes from Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation.
1: Hello, I'm Lydia Saldana. I'm delighted to be spending time today talking with Earl Nottingham, a longtime colleague and friend retired last year after 25 years as chief photographer for texas parks and wildlife thanks for being with us earl
0: hey lydia thank you so much this is a real pleasure to be with you
1: always good to talk to you and it's always good to catch up with you um you know my first question is how's retirement treating you what have you been up to
0: well (laughs) i actually haven't had time to um appreciate retirement i'm I'm busier than ever before They, they told me i would be and uh uh Good grief, I am.
1: I hope you get some days to sleep in. No? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we get a few.
1: Okay, well, good. Well, I mean, what are you up to? Are you are you freelance photography? What are you doing these days?
0: You know, I'm doing photography jobs as I can get them. I'm trying to uh, reinvent myself, basically come up with the uh, Earl version 2.0, and I uh, want to try some different things for my photography, maybe something a little bit more uh, fine art, but... Uh, oh yeah you know i'm still doing some uh, some magazine assignments too but um just a little bit of everything i just don't want to let any moss grow on me
1: <laughs> there you go of course i think it's it's fair to say at least right now that your claim to fame for the last 25 years is that you spent 25 years as chief photographer at texas parks and wildlife um, <laughs> lucky for us the best of the best of your work is now showcased in a book called wild focus 25 years of texas parks and wildlife photography Tell us a little bit about how that project came to be
0: oh goodness uh, you know of course i've been able to travel just about every corner of the state in 25 years and uh during the assignments people would say oh man you, you could probably write a book about what you do and uh after a while i thought well you know i, I can i could <laughs> so so i did and uh, uh it's amazing how it, how it actually worked out uh, i had wanted to do basically a, a compendium of photographs over twenty five years to show what uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Agency did. Uh, a lot of people don't realize all the different. Uh, I say all the irons and the fire that they have there with all the different divisions. But I wanted to uh, tell the story of all those divisions, and 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 to do a book. So I approached Texas A Press with it, and uh, I didn't didn't even have to finish the sentence. Uh, the publisher said, you know, uh, we're going to do it. Uh, it's going to be perfect for our series. We have uh, it's the uh, the Kathy and Ed Cox books on conservative leadership series, and it's sponsored by the uh, Meadows Center uh, for Water and the and the environment, and that happens to be our good friend Andy Sansom, who used to be our executive director at the agency. So so basically, all the all the stars kind of fell into alignment on it, and uh, it just uh, it was just a, a so easy to do it. It just, it. other than selecting the images, uh, it, it went very fluidly. Even with this COVID environment, uh, between Zoom phone calls and emails and file transfers, uh, we got a book published.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Andy Andy Sansom, of course, is a friend to so many. And this series that you mentioned, it's a book, it's a series on conservation leadership, right? Yes. Okay, and so, boy, you're in good company, (laughs) and it's wonderful that Andy is, you know, helping to bring all this to light, uh, which is awesome. And and
0: Andy was was kind enough to write the forward for the book also. Yes,
1: yes, he's awesome. Well, of course, that must have been quite a process to cull through all of those photos you've shot during your career. Um, And I, I feel very fortunate that I've been, I was part of that for what, from, I guess you were hired in 1996. I remember, I remember you know, signing those hiring papers to get you on board. So we worked together till I retired in 2013. And of course, I've seen lots and lots of your work. But um, do you have numbers to share with us? Uh, You know, how many photos did you start with when you started the book? How did you whittle them down? to? And I know there was, what, less than 200 that ended up in the book. How did you get from what must have been thousands down to 200? Uh,
0: I'm going to say we probably... I'm going to say we probably started with about uh, 200,000 images to start with, and, and that was between.
1: 200,000?
0: Uh, yeah, that was between uh, digital files and then good old traditional film. Uh, and the, the film part was a hard part because I had to go through the archives and uh, look at all those little 35 millimeter slides with a magnifying loop and you know my, my old eyes, it, it's not <laughs> an easy thing anymore that way. But uh, you know, uh, a lot of the images were were uh, old transparencies. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was a it was a difficult process to call through them. But uh, we did get them down to about two hundred.
1: Yep. Did the organizing, um, you know, principle kind of emerge? Uh, did you have an idea at the beginning how they would be organized, or was it going through all of them that helped you go through? you know places wild things faces how did, how did you get to how you organized it
0: that was the big question you know how do you what kind of chapters do you make on texas parks and wildlife uh yeah you know we've got the wildlife we got the landscapes we got the the, the the people uh we got the cultural aspects um so bottom line what we did was just to put it into three broad categories the wild places uh the wild things, and then the faces, the people, because those three things together is pretty much what makes up the agency. And uh, it just made it a very uh, more easy to navigate structure.
1: You know, I was struck by one of the things that you wrote in your, um, your essay that you could look at a photograph, even one that you took 20 years ago, and it would take you back to that place and that time you know, I know, uh, I think a lot of us do, and you know, it might be a social media photo, right? That pops up on your feed from something that happened a few years back and it does take you back. But I was struck by that, that you who have taken literally hundreds of thousands of images that you still have that experience with photos that you took 20 years ago.
0: You know, it's an interesting phenomenon. And I think a lot of <laughs> photographers will say that they have it too, because that very uh, split second that you, uh, make the picture, uh, everything just kind of gels in your senses and it stays there in the long-term memory, you know, the, uh, the fragrances and the air, the light, uh, the, the, the people, uh, everything. It's, it, it's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure as you went through all of those photos, it was, it was probably way more than just a walk down memory lane. Um, you know, as you went through all of these photos, I mean, do you have any insights that you'd like to share with us as you went through you know, your body of work at Parks and Wildlife?
0: Well, uh, I was looking for a big takeaway, if you want to call it that, you know, after looking at all the images and thinking of all the years, you know, what what was the bottom line on the time at Parks and Wildlife? And uh, the big takeaway was uh, how much things had changed in that period as far as how the agency tried to get people involved in the outdoors. Uh, a lot of the programs that uh, were initiated in that time to get especially the younger generation uh, outside. So it became a very uh, or increasingly proactive agency, you know, as opposed to, you know, some bureaucratic state agency that, you know, uh, just made the rules. Well, uh, now it became uh, engaging and interactive with the public. And I was really proud of that. And I, I think photography and and media in general or video, uh, you know, writing the magazines, uh, they all had a part in that.
1: Yeah. And now of course, social media too, engaging so many more people and how powerful images are in in those new, you know, the social media platforms in particular, how important an image is.
0: Oh, exactly. And and, and now, I mean, our lives, uh, revolve around, uh, images. You think about social media. I mean, you can't do a post without putting a picture on there. It's not very interesting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had to use photography and, and video in multiple ways. It used to be we'd take a picture for the magazine, and uh, that's all it would be in. Well, then we started this new concept called uh, uh, COPE, uh, create once <laughs> and publish everywhere. So that same photograph uh, could be used uh, on the website. It could be used in social media. So you got a lot of bang for the buck out of it. Yeah.
1: Now, I know you used to say that you had the very best job in Texas, <laughs> um, and I, I think I tend to agree with you on that. Now, I know better than to ask you if you have a favorite image from that book, but I, I will ask you to reflect on some of the notable assignments you've had over the years, some of which are displayed in the book. You want hit, to hit a couple of high points? Sure, for us? sure. Um, yeah, I, I
0: refer to those as our uh, the epic jobs, those ones that uh, it took a lot of time to to shoot, but, uh, you know, they, they involved you know, getting on the land and and, and uh, just uh, spending days and you put a lot of life in, into it. Uh, yeah, several things. Uh, of course, the, you know, one of the big ones, people don't think about uh, uh, our, our law enforcement uh, a lot. Well, uh, they, they know the game wardens, but, uh, you know, one of the epic jobs was that uh, we went to Hurricane Katrina with the game wardens. It's uh, the first time Texas game wardens had been called across te- uh, state borders to assist with another state, and uh, I got to accompany them uh, on that one. Uh, but but the other ones, uh, I would say that we our bighorn captures, the, uh, the, the relocations, uh, pronghorns, uh, even, even the bison. You know We had relocated the southern plains, bison herd from the JA Ranch up in the panhandle uh, down to Caprock Canyons. And that was a, a multi-week event, uh, very memorable. But, um, yeah, I've got to say the, the Bighorn relocations uh, was probably uh, one of the big ones where we'd uh, uh, release them out there into the Big Bend region. And yeah. uh, it's just a real pleasure to see to see that conservation success story and to be able to, to document it. You know, it uh, somebody put it this way that uh, – uh, I've been allowed to go behind a lot of those doors that say, do not enter <laughs> uh, with a camera. And it's gotten me, gotten me onto some of these big locations like, you know, the, the WMAs for the, uh, uh, the bighorn releases and the pronghorns uh, and the bison. So uh, it's just been a real honor to be able to accompany accompany, you know, all of the, uh, the biologists and uh, you know, the other guys who make these things happen. It's just it a, it's a learning experience in addition to a, a photographic shoot
1: and telling those stories those those wildlife restoration stories um, is just an incredible part of what you've done and of course of course this podcast is being produced for the Borderlands um, Research Institute and the Borderlands Research Institute has been involved with Texas Parks and Wildlife in so many projects including that pronghorn restoration program and the bighorn sheep. Uh, program so it's awesome when that story is you know able to be told and it tells about that partnership between the state agency between a university um, and probably most importantly between private landowners that are that are allowing all of that conservation and and supporting all that conservation on private lands it's really really pretty cool
0: exactly you know when, when you talk about conservation stories uh, you know people's eyes uh, will glaze over sometimes okay, okay, what is a conservation story? especially you know if if a if a biologist tells it or something like that, it, it can sound scientific sometimes, um, kind of academic, but when the public sees uh, an engaging image that uh, tells that story, it, it makes all the, all the difference in the world, and uh, I think that's where, you know, the various visual media uh, is really a great tool for conservation.
1: So, of course, the Borderlands Research Institute, you know, the work of the Borderlands Research Institute is focused on West Texas, the trans pecos the Chihuahuan Desert. And, um, of course, we love the fact that the cover image for your book is from West Texas. (laughs) Tell us the backstory on that cover, on that cover photo.
0: Well, that photo is from Big Bend Ranch State Park. And if you had to hold me down and make you tell, uh, make me tell you what my favorite uh part of the state was it would be the big bend region and uh and actually actually narrowing it down into that uh, big ben ranch state park and the, uh, the that whole area down there but uh, that particular photograph was taken when i was teaching a photo workshop uh one week and it had been raining and storming all day long and the all the little arroyos had been flooded and so we we had the folks in the van and uh, Finally, we could get across Little Arroyo, and uh, it had just just been black and, and dreary all day long. And all of a sudden, it got to be towards sunset, and you had, had this one little opening in the western sky, and the, and the sun uh, came through. So you had that late, warm sunlight coming through, and everything in the desert was wet, and all the flowers and the plants. And when it's wet in the desert, it's just uh, all the colors just jump out. And all, all of a sudden, the place just came alive. And I was, I was going crazy. <laughs> I was telling all the participants, I, I don't care what direction you point your camera, just take a picture and it's going to be a good picture. Because it was the, the light was there. It just uh, uh, everything happened uh, at the right time. It just those few in- instances that you don't normally always get.
1: It, it's a beautiful, beautiful photo. Um, I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you about this photo workshops, but before we get completely off the topic of your book, tell us where we can buy it. Where can people get it?
0: Well, right now, uh, Amazon has it and you can also get it through, uh, Texas a press. Uh, I think, uh, uh, some of the, uh, the bookstores, uh, larger bookstores, uh, have them now, but I do know Amazon and Texas a press.
1: Have you already gone into a second printing? Didn't you tell me on another conversation? That- they're
0: not there yet, but they're okay. they're they're looking toward it. It's uh it's just around the corner. Uh it's sold so well. Uh the response has just been phenomenal. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um now I I, I also have to uh, ask you about the proceeds and what um you know where where the proceeds are going and how you made that decision.
0: Well, the uh, the, the the bad news is uh all of the images uh, don't belong to me <laughs> the pro- property of texas parks and wildlife department copyrighted by them so uh as such i can't make any royalties off the book and, and that's just fine so uh, i had specified that the uh, royalties go to the texas parks and wildlife foundation that's a, a very worthy uh, group and they, they do great things and I, I just couldn't be happier that that's that's where it's going
1: well, you did get paid a handsome state salary and then those sunsets and sunrises, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that's what they tell us. We, we get paid in sunrises and sunsets. But, uh, yeah. you know, you, you can't eat a lot of sunrises and sunsets.
1: <laughs> so now you mentioned the photo workshop, and I know you've done some. You just mentioned the one you did in state parks. Um, do you have anything like that in the works? You're going to be doing any more of that?
0: I'm going to be doing more of them in the future. Um, you know, we have a couple of little ones uh, right now with uh, precision cam, sorry, precision camera in Austin,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, not not a lot. Uh, there will be more.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, keep us posted on that. Um, so, you know, so many people connect with nature and conservation through a camera lens, whether it's a a high end camera like you might tote around, or just a phone like most of us, you know, capture photos. Can you give us, I guess, a soundbite version of advice for folks on how, what they can do to improve an image, especially an outdoors image?
0: Well, you know, these days, uh, cameras are so good. Uh, even the, the, the phones, uh, they, they can all take a professional picture. So uh, the limitation is not the, the equipment that's out there. And, and you don't need to get a lot of expensive equipment. Uh, if I had to tell you the big secret right now, uh, it's lighting it's all about the light. Uh, it doesn't matter what your subject is, whether it's a flower or a person or a mountain or an animal. Uh, what makes a good photograph is the light that, that's hitting that subject or is reflected to that subject. And uh, in a nutshell, basically what that means is, is to plan your, your shoots for the time of days when you can uh, uh, put the odds in your favor that you're going to have good lighting. That's like sun, towards sundown or after, you know after sunrise. Uh, those few hours where you have that magic light so yeah uh, put the odds in your favor and and shoot at those times of the day or underneath uh great lighting that's uh that's different like uh, uh fog or even rain you know those times of day that most people don't want to shoot a picture that's that's where your picture's at
1: and if you happen to be at big grand branch state park after a rainstorm just when the light hits it, you're you're in luck, right? <laughs> oh, you
0: are. Just uh, just start snapping pictures. You're going to get a great one.
1: Awesome. So, of course, the Borderlands Research Institute is showcasing the connection between art and conservation through our Big Ben Artists for Conservation initiatives, and that's why we're talking to you today. Why did you choose to get involved?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm coming after some some pretty big names that you've already had. You know, Mary Baxter and, and Ben Masters uh those are some some pretty big shoot shoes to fill so uh I'm honored to to be in that in that group but um yeah again working uh with uh the Borderlands Research Institute uh in the past uh with my Parks and Wildlife assignments uh you know I just wanted to be a part of that uh or was honored to be asked to be a part of that so anything that I can do uh, with a camera uh to 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 put an image to put a face uh behind that country and the initiatives of the uh, the bri uh you know i want to do uh i'm retired now i can shoot anything i want to shoot so uh,
1: (laughs) well we've got all sorts of interesting research projects we've got some blackboard research projects we we may just have an invitation to get you out there to join us that would be awesome <laughs> if you oh, would do that
0: that would be an honor you know i just uh, i love sharing that country with people it, it always amazes me how few texans have actually uh been out to that that part of the country uh you know usually they're going down i10 to el paso but they don't look at the country that's, that's south of that that interstate and uh you know and, and it's not just the landscape uh, as they say, it is like another country down there. Uh, in terms of conservation, uh, there is no border. That 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 river uh, doesn't change conservation once you get across it. So the, you know, you've you've got the cultural issues, uh, and so it's just it's the whole package down there. It's it's the people, it's the land, it's the it's the uh, the animals. Uh, it's just it's all there.
1: That's awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Any closing comments as we, um, as we wrap this up?
0: Well, all I can say is I, I've been so, so, so blessed to, to run across people uh, in the past who have introduced me to the country, uh, country down there in so many ways. Uh, you know, I started visiting down there uh, over 45 years ago uh, and, you know, got to meet the likes of uh, Dr. Dr. Warnock, um uh, mm-hmm. And I actually headed into the uh, Mexican backcountry there with our former commissioners, uh, Bob and Mickey Burleson mm-hmm. so, so, so they introduced it to me uh, quite a bit there. But in, in shooting a lot of the jobs, uh, I ran across uh, you know geologists, biologists, botanists, uh, Archaeologist, ornithologist, so so it wasn't as much of a photo shoot shoot as it was a master's class in these sciences each time
1: <laughs> wow
0: so, so little by little uh I, I learned a little by osmosis and <laughs> it, it just really uh, uh put a great love for that 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 land in me
1: well we're going to get you out there again real soon earl thank you so much
0: thank you lydia Borderlands Buzz is brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sul Ross State University and sponsored by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Find out more about our work at bri.sulross.edu.